Welcome back to the Digital Wellbeing Podcast, where we explore how we live well in the digital world. My guest today is Joel Kletke. He is a copywriter, and he is here to discuss productivity. Joel, um, I originally um, reached out to you because of a LinkedIn post that you had made and um, wanted to discuss it further. You had mentioned um, just the simple hack of putting your phone on your desk and keeping it there uh, throughout the duration of the day and that that really cut down on distractions. Um, so could you, I guess, just share a little bit more about that? Sure, yeah. I mean, I noticed uh, one of the things for me where I was burning a lot of time, I mean, back when Apple rolled out that feature that tells you how much time you spend on your phone, I think it's a pretty terrifying feature at the end of the day. Um, you know, and like I wasn't happy with the numbers I was seeing there. And I even kind of looked at my own behavior and just, I've got little kids, I've got, uh, you know, two, two little ones. And um, for myself, just kind of enough was enough. I mean, the pressure of business and as an entrepreneur to be omnipresent is huge. And, and so you fool yourself into thinking you've always got to be on and you've always got to be available. Um, but after my first was born, that's when it really started hitting home. Like, I don't want him to think that my phone is a permanent part of my face. I don't want to miss my kids growing mm -hmm. up. Uh, because I'm constantly flicking through, you know, social or email or whatever. Um, so I came up with a simple rule. Um, when I'm at my best, I follow it all the time. Sometimes like with every habit, you know, you go through ups and downs. But sure. um, the simple rule is this, if I'm at home, and we all are all the time now. So if I'm at home, uh, my phone is on my desk or in my office. Um, and if I want to check something or look at something, check email, post something. If I want to mentally check out from my time with my family, uh, I've got to physically check out as well. It means leaving the room, opening the door to my office and, and physically separating myself. And just adding that simple barrier uh, really was enough in a lot of cases to get me to stop the constant doom scrolling and stop, you know, constantly flicking through. I've done other things, you know, I've tried other stuff in the past from like the hack of like making everything black and white on your phone uh, to deleting social apps, which always mysteriously find their way back somehow. Um, but that's been the simplest, most effective thing for me in terms of making sure I'm not waking up in the morning and turning on while I can't. It's in my office. I'm not going to sleep, reading the news. Well, I can't because it's in my office. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, a physical barrier for, for a, a habit change has, has really helped me out and yeah, that's, that's pretty much the extent of it. Really simple change, but really, uh, really big impact for me. Yeah. And I know you kind of discussed this a little bit already, but, um, you know, I'm assuming seeing your family growing up and um, that I'm sure had a big part to play in motivating that change. Um, did you find that you were spending a lot of time, you know, when you, when you looked at the, the stats from, from Apple and everything, were you seeing that you were spending a lot more time, um, you know, flicking through on your phone than you wanted to? And was it, um, was it taking away from both your family life and also your work? It was taking away from everything. I think like it's way too easy when you have this like connection to the entire world, you know, in your pocket. And I normally don't even when I'm working, I don't even have it on my desk. I jam it in the books behind me so that I have to, again, physically get up and, you know, that's, that's good for getting me to stop sitting as much too. But yeah, I mean, it was taking me away from everything, you know, when you're trying to have downtime, 
um, and disengage. That's hard to do when, you know, the whole world is one notification away. Um, I, I didn't like that if we would go for a walk as a family, I'd be, you know, mindlessly checking stuff or pulling, pulling, you know, up emails or whatever. And I think what it came down to is again, like I didn't want to spend my whole, you know, adult life looking down. I wanted to be, you know, present and be where, where I was. And I think part of the fear that people have whenever I talk about this or whenever I say this is what it was, well, I couldn't do that because I need to be available for calls or, you know, I couldn't do that because so on and so forth. And I think if you actually analyze how often something you get is like a must respond right now kind of situation, mm-hmm. at least for me, it was markedly rare. And so that was kind of the thing is I realized like, there's no justification other than my own addiction here for me to be as on this as I am. There's there, it's a phantom I've created, you know, the idea that people need me all the time and, and some emergency phone call is like always looming in the background. That's, it's just not true to life. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what, what has been your experience then since you've set those boundaries and since you've kind of created that, that rule of, of keeping your phone in your office, um, have you noticed a like a marked difference in the, in those areas? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a satisfying change to make because I think within the first week or two of doing it, my time on my phone dropped twenty five percent, which is not insignificant, right? Like, I there's legitimate reasons I use my phone for work, mm-hmm. or you know, I'm checking things, or I'm you know, for my job, I I have to sometimes look at mobile sites and that kind of thing. So having a mobile device. So there's legitimate reasons to be on there, but like a 25% improvement in anything over that time period is huge. I mean, if you can imagine, you know, if your personal best bench press went up by 25% in a couple of weeks, you'd be over the moon. You'd be really, really pleased. So, you know, the, the change that I've seen, um, you know, has just been my quality of sleep when I'm really on top of it has been better. I'm not staring into a blue light. Mm-hmm. Um, I find it easier to create other habits um, because I'm not filling my time with that. You know, I, I find it easier. For example, another goal of mine has been to read 20 pages a day. Well, in the time that I used to spend mindlessly checking the news or whatever, um, you know, I get my 20 pages in right before I go to sleep. So my sleep has improved. My ability to build other habits has improved. I'm not going to pretend that I always stick to it perfectly 100%. I think that, like I said, with any habit, it's, you know, old paths carved in your brain are hard to break. And we all have different triggers, whether it's stress or, you know, a a high profile project or whatever that will send us spiraling down a a bad place. But I think the other kind of cool byproduct is now um, people around me, like my wife, you know, for example, can recognize and can see, she'll recognize I might be in a stressful or different kind of place because, oh, that, that habit is back. And it makes for more productive conversations around, hey, what's going on in your life? So yeah. There's been a lot of positives to doing it. And I, I do see when I'm sticking to it on average, a 25% plus kind of reduction in just time that I'm not wasting. And, and when, you know, when you're on your phone or when, when you're dealing in hours, like, three, four hours. That's, that's not in getting an hour back in your day is huge. It's, yeah. It's huge, so, yeah. Um, recently I read something from James clear. He's the author of atomic habits and he was talking about setting goals, um, 
based on the identity that you want um, rather than just on a, an outcome. So for example, the, the example I think he gave was, was the difference between setting a goal to run a marathon versus setting a goal to become a runner. Um, so with that kind of, that kind of framework in mind, you know, and applying it to this situation, you know, your, your boundary, your rule, your goal here is I'm going to keep my phone in my office on my desk, you know, um, at all times, what's kind of the identity that you're seeking to build through that. Um, and who, who do you want to be over time as you continue to build that habit? I'm a, I'm a present dad. I'm a better husband. Um, I'm someone who, you know, I want to cultivate a mindset of being where I am. Um, I think for me, it's a lot of negative identities I'm, I want to shed. I'm not a workaholic. Um, you know, I'm not the guy who's always on his phone, even just that, right? Like, mm -hmm. um, you know, there, there was a time where it was just, I recognized I would have before COVID, you know, I'd have friends over, we'd hang out and I, I would realize I'm not really giving them the attention this relationship deserves because every spare moment I'm, you know, every time there's a pregnant pause in the conversation, I'm turning back to my phone. Or, yeah. So I just, I didn't like those identities. And so there's positive identities, I guess I want to claim. And I love, I love atomic habits. I think it's great. And the whole idea of habit stacking and the actions you take being votes for the type of person, you know, you, you are becoming um, or, or want to be, or the identities you claim. But for me, it was just as much about wanting to be a better dad, a more present, you know, husband, a more present, you know, parent, um, and shedding negative ones like workaholic or distracted or whatever. I think it's it's a kind of unique situation, especially with phones, um, because it's a distraction, but it's also an addiction, like you, I think you alluded to earlier. Um, you know, not only is it there to distract you but it's almost like you choose to be distracted by it when, um, like you said, when there's nothing else to do, when there's, there's nothing else to talk about in a conversation or there's just a lot of downtime and it can kind of be the first thing that we turn to. Um, you know, when you, when you view it like that and view it as a distraction, where do you find um, that those distractions come up most in like specifically in your work? Uh, I mean, it throws off, like as a copywriter, um, or if you ever want to do any deep work, it's really, you, you have to get into a flow state. You have to get to a point where you are fully invested and things are just flowing and trying to multitask. And especially as a business owner, bounce between answering this email and dealing with this issue and checking the news and posting to this site. And like, there's a lot of responsibilities we start assigning ourselves that really don't serve us. Mm -hmm. um, so that, you know, I would find, and that's why I don't even keep it on my desk when I'm in my office, it's not even in arm's reach typically. Right. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I normally have a jam back there. And again, that's, I, I want to flip the script where checking my phone is an intentional action instead of a reflexive habit. Yeah. Um, because that reflexive habit destroys that flow state. It's way too easy. Phones are engineered to notify you of stuff and pull your attention away from whatever it is you're doing now. So while I think there's a lot of like fantastic things that a phone allows me to do, like I take it on my runs and it tracks my distance, like there, there's a time and place and, and you can make it a tool, but at some point you have to ask like, 
how, am I using it as a tool or is it basically eating, eating me alive? Yeah. Um, and that's especially, that's especially pertinent for, for focus and for flow state. Yeah. I really like what you said about the tools, especially, um, you know, I think a lot of times phones become an obligation or an addiction. Um, and I don't think any of our other tools in life are like that at all. Um, but it's the digital ones that kind of have, have sucked us in like that. Um, so I guess just wrapping up, um, Joel, I like to, I like to ask all my guests to kind of ask our listeners one question that they can be taking in with them to, um, to think about and to apply to their, to their own situations. What would be one question you would um, pose to, to whoever's listening to kind of help them get thinking about how they can be applying this, these concepts? Yeah. Uh, I, I think, you know, it's, it's a common question, but I would say, how do, how do the things you say you want to do and the things you actually do, how aligned are they? Um, when you extrapolate the habits you have today, I mean, this is a James Clear thing too, but what does your life look like if you don't change anything five years from now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now? And do you like that? Do you like that picture if you're honest? Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I think we all get these, those questions should make you uncomfortable. Um, we all get these twinges of guilt or whatever. And those are clues for us to kind of sit up and go, okay, I'm, I'm not where I'm at. And rather than punishing myself for that, or, you know, beating myself up for that, um, what can I, you know, th this was always a big thing for me. And that's why I mentioned too, like, when I, when I got rid of my phone before bedtime, I introduced reading, mm -hmm. we tend to look at like discipline or making our lives better as a operation of removing things. So oh, I need to stop eating sugar. I need to stop being on my phone. I need to stop doing X, Y, Z. I've found a lot more success now looking at things through the lens of addition. What do I want to be doing? What do I want my life to look like? What, what skills or habits do I, do I want to build? Mm -hmm. And so by adding things into my life rather than taking things away, I guess that would be the other question is what is it you want to add to your life, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. You've got things you want to change or take away. What is it you want to add? And maybe you'll find that more motivating. Yeah, once you add those things and they become a priority for you, that you're naturally find things to remove or take away to make room for that. So, well, wonderful thoughts. And um, honestly, Joel, I think that's a, a great idea that I want to implement more in my life is just actually doing the work of physically removing my phone from me um, at certain times of the day, or really even all day, um, and just letting that um, increase my productivity and increase my focus on the present moment and who I'm with and the priorities that I'm working on. So I appreciate your thoughts and your time and um, wish you all the best. Cheers. Have a good rest of your day and a, a great week to come. Thanks. Mm -hmm.